name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So who gets to sit at his right hand and his left? Right there. That's who it's prepared for, the mother of God and St. John. Beautiful. Thank you, David. <laughs> So today we come to the fifth Sunday of Lent and celebrate St. Mary of Egypt. And with this gospel text on servants, uh, we see Mary's life, um, a very polluted life to begin with, but her encounter with the Mother of God and the Holy Cross sent her into the uh, Egyptian across the Jordan into the desert for 48 years to become uh, the great saint and picture of repentance for us. And she traveled, as we would see in this, that we all want to be called servants of God. Um, but Mary kind of transitioned from slave to her passions and slave to God, servant of God, to a child of God. This is a part of our uh, understanding of what does it, what does it mean, um, more so, uh, in what condition do we find ourselves as Christians? Because these three ways are kind of three modes by which we can can live and in in some way do live the Christian life: slave, servant, child of God. So. Uh, I think I've spent most of my time in the slave and servant role. Because we'll go through these because it's, it's actually quite revealing a bit. All three of these are, in a sense, necessary for us to be a slave of God, to be a servant of God, and to be a child of God. We have to understand what those each mean and what condition we find ourselves in in each of these and what why they're important to us. But why also is it important to be moving always to live as a child of God, a son and daughter of God. So, let's take a look at each of these three ways we walk the Christian life. We can be slaves of God. Um, and that is normally okay for a time. Because a slave operates many times just out of fear. Fear of failure, fear of hell, Fear of doing poorly. Say I, so I need to be maybe sometimes just wake. I need to be uh, awoken from uh, the slumber of my passions and the fear of God. Understanding myself as a slave to God is a good thing. It wakes me up. I remember one time uh, I was dealing with something, and. Uh, I, the Lord, what didn't hear a voice, but it was, you need to stop doing this now. And it scared me because it was a firm command. Stop now. And I tried. <laughs> I won't say, but I did eventually stop. But that command was a fearful command. It, it was like, 
a, a master to a slave, stop now. And I, you have, that's okay. But it, that couldn't have been the way I was going to continue to live. That fear wakes you up. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want the repercussions. I don't want the consequences of my sins to be affecting me anymore. I'm tired of this. Okay? Fear of God, to be a slave. But it, it tends to, it can become slave morality. In other words, we kind of have this moral standard and we obey it because we're afraid of because we're afraid of the consequences. Now, that is, again, a way we walk and can walk and sometimes must walk if we're caught deep in our passions. But we're called, beloved, to be heirs of God, to be servants of God, not under the spirit of bondage. So we need to move from that. Sometimes we, we have to be in that place, but other times... We move to that, to be a servant of God. Be chosen by us to be a servant. God chooses us, and we choose him as our, our, our Lord. Okay? So we live under the lordship of Christ as a servant of God. Thanks be to God for these things, because we, we know that in this, our life is full of peace. It finds joy. It finds reward. But as you can see, just living in that condition, I was reading a commentary on this, and one, one comment, com, uh, commentator said, uh, the only, one of the problems with just living in this servant mentality where we're always doing to seek reward. I do because I get, right? I do because I get. I do because I get. One of the commentaries was, uh, one of the problems with this is you, you become... You have performance anxiety. <laughs> performance anxiety. What a great comment. In other words, did I do enough? Did I do it long enough? Am I doing it per fervently? You ever find in your prayers, you're praying, and all of a sudden you've lost track of where you are? And you're like, you know, you're three or four minutes into your prayers, and you go, well, maybe I should go all the way back and then restart again. There was a great... Uh, uh, saintly, uh, one of the comments on that is that just keep going. Just, just pick up where you are and keep going. Uh, one of the monks was given this challenge to pray the Lord's Prayer fervently, concentrating on every word. And so he began at the beginning of the night, and he never got, he said he fell asleep and he woke up in the morning because he never did it. You see, did I do enough? Did I pray it fervently enough? See how, how you can get a little bit, did, am I going to get a reward for this? Am I going to, so how, where that goes a little bit, uh, we can, we're going to be kind of continually evaluating ourselves based on our performance and reward. Now, this is important because we understand that as servants of God, we do get rewards, we get peace, we get joy, and this is very important to us. We need to understand that this, and God gives this to motivate us. Run the race because you get a prize. This is a good thing. But we have to, I think, very critically understand that we, if we just live in this, we're always going to be concerned about the reward. Did I get enough? Am I getting, am I doing enough? 
And what happens when you don't get what you want? When you're praying and you don't get what you want? And somehow I'm at fault, God's at fault, there's a problem here. Because God doesn't always give us what we want. God gives us what we need. And so we understand this very critically, that if it's all about being a servant that does things for reward, then we'll find, we'll, we'll stumble a bit in our life. But, but it's important that we understand being a servant is a good thing. Being a slave at times is a good thing. I'm not discounting these positions. But the best way is to live as a child of God, a son or daughter of God. So let me read this from Ephesians. First chapter, uh, 18 and 19. The eyes of our being enlightened you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So you see, we need to live beyond this in hope and expectation of the greatness of God. So how is this done? So let me see, we look at this in regard to 1 John 4, 17 to 19. Love, because as a son of God and a child of God, daughter of God, you live on the basis of love. And that changes the relationship, matures the relationship. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. We have got to get that. We need to have this relationship with God because he first loved us because he did what he did for our salvation, for us, out of love. It wasn't just uh, an action he did to save his creation, which he did. But he did it all because he loved us. He gave his life for us and continues to work in our life to save us. So we have to respond in this way. This is a critical piece of how we live the Christian life. As children of God, in this loving relationship with Christ. And so when we live this way, and like I'm, I'm very, uh, God be merciful to me. Because um, I think most of the time, I mean, I've asked myself this question several times, have I, have I done anything purely out of the love of God? Sure. Yeah, I think you're here right now. Nah. There's always been that little bit in me that, oh, because I'll get something. Because I'll get something. Because he'll do what I want him to do for me. 
So we step beyond this a bit. We have to step beyond this and understand that, that God, help us just to love you. Help us to love you and live in this relationship of love with you. When we do this, you know, and it's beautiful in the Psalms, it says, Oh, Lord, how I love your law. <laughs> you love the law? No. <laughs> when we love God, we love his law because it protects us. It, it guards us. It puts a fence around our life. That's a good thing. We love it when we're in this loving relationship with Christ. How I love others. Because God has forgiven me and loves me, then I take that love and I love others with that love. I love people very differently. Well, I would say maybe more maturely when I'm basing it on the love of Christ in me. Not just on my love. Because... Many times in my life, loving somebody, I had a motive. To love them so they'll love me back. Love them so they'll like me. Love them so I'll get something from this relationship. No. I love them because I love them. We love, when we love God, we love the way of life. We love the, the Christian life because it, it makes us complete. We love prayer. We love, we love, we love the fast. Don't you love the fast? <laughs> we love it. What's it doing? It strengthens us. It says the world is not that important. We put so much stock in it. It's not that important. We can do without that stuff. What we want to do is taste the bread of life. God's love for us. So I just want to encourage you in this. So here are the things I work on, try to do, do to help me love God more. In fact, I remember one time I, we were starting Lent and I talked to Father Richard and I asked him what his goal in Lent was. He says to love God more and to love the world less. That's my goal. So how do we fall, how do we fall in love with God? You need to spend time with you don't love someone if you don't spend time with them. So when you pray, pray to love. Pray to develop this relationship. When you're throughout your day and you remember God, when you say, Lord, have mercy, be with him. When you cross yourself, be with Christ. Spend time with him. Be in silence with him. As much as you can, the more time you spend, the more you will We need to thank him for all things and just live in this sense of gratitude. Gratitude builds love. When we allow gratitude to grow in us, love will have a fertile future.
So be thankful for all things. Thank him specifically for things in your day. At the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, wherever it is, thank him. Let him love you. You know, sometimes we restrict him. We need to let him love us. You know where that happens most dramatically most times? Is in confession. When we open up our soul to God and say, forgive me, Lord, and we let him love us. Let him love you. Surrender. Surrender. What are you holding on to? Is there something you love in this world more than him? Something you just can't give away? Surrender. You know, God wants your whole heart. And there's pieces in all our hearts that we won't let them go. We won't let them in, right? A couple spots. I don't want you. Don't be there, God. You could be here, but not here. I still like this little corner. Learn to surrender those corners. And finally, jump in to the life of Christ in the church with both feet. And you'll find the love of God there. So, love him. So sometimes we are slaves and we need to be motivated to flee our passions. Other times we're servants of God and that's a good thing to be a servant of God uh, because there's great reward in that and there's a great sense in which we feel the very presence of our Lord in that. But our goal is to live life as children of God, as sons and daughters of Christ, in love. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit,